Hello, I'm Blair Lemke. Welcome to Let God Speak. The Sabbath is a gift from God to humanity. In the Sabbath, God provides an opportunity for believers to experience and live the character of God. Our Bible study today will reveal this. On our panel today, we have Clive Nash and Gail Fong. Welcome. Good to be here. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you today for the opportunity that we have to study your word. Uh, We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to lead and to guide our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Amen. 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 Well, we've been learning about education in this study session, this study series that we've been looking through. Uh, And today our topic is looking particularly at the Sabbath and education. Clive, I want to throw the question to you straight off the bat. Uh, What does the Sabbath have to do with education? Well, you think of such things as uh, Vespers, uh, studying the Bible, listening to sermons, Christian songs, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, and when do a lot of these things happen for, for people who are believers? So they happen on the Sabbath when people come together uh, for worship. So the Sabbath and, and education are closely linked, really. It's a time of learning. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to dive into the Bible today to, uh, for an educational experience to look at how uh, the Bible is, as you say, linked to the Sabbath and education. Uh, and perhaps a great place to start would be in the beginning at the creation account. Uh, and one of the things that just blows my mind when I look at Scripture uh, is that there are two harmonious accounts of creation in Genesis chapter 1 and in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, and I want to ask the question, Gail, why did God give us two accounts of creation? Uh, we're going to turn and, and look in Scripture in just a moment, but why two accounts of creation? Well, both creation accounts approach from different angles. In Genesis 1, uh, recounts creation weak from the emphasis of a powerful artistic God Mm. and brings out that nature of God, powerful and artistic. And Genesis 2 focuses uh, more on a closely... Uh, the close relationship that God has as he brings Adam and Eve into existence Mm. on the sixth day, which emphasizes a relational God. Mm. Yeah, that's it's very uh, interesting to see those dynamics, though, the different focuses of the two creation accounts. Mm. Um, I want to read here in the Bible, Genesis chapter two, verse one and three, uh, verses one through to three. Uh, there's the first Sabbath is recorded here and it really links these two creation accounts. Let's read it together. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through to 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. We've got the Sabbath account here right in between the two creation accounts. How does this Sabbath uh, account that we've just read here link 
the first creation account in Genesis 1 through to the second creation account in Genesis 2. Clive. Well, the last verse of chapter 1 talks about the completion of the sixth day. And then on the seventh day, you've got this establishing the, the Sabbath. Mm. Um, it's interesting that this, um, this story really addresses three errors. Uh, one is atheism. And, you know, here is a God who creates. Mm. There is a God. Uh, the other is uh, polytheism. There's only one God, not mm. many gods, like, you know, the pagans of Old Testament times. And, and the other one, of course, is pantheism. You know, God is not in nature. He's, he's superior to mm. nature. He's above it all. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, those three th things are addressed in this story. Mm. Uh, but the, the creation week ends with a triumphant conclusion mm. in a rest day for God, for Adam and Eve. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Um, Gail, you look like you wanted like to add to, something. Yeah, I'd like to add on to that. Um, I, I love that word there in verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because God is holy. And so he's, he's there, he's filling his presence in um, setting it aside, this, this space and time. And as, he, as we look into Genesis chapter 2, and where God, it, it focuses on the creation of Adam and Eve, we see there a God who wants to come close to, to us. And I love the aspect too in Genesis 1 where God is called God all the way through Genesis 1. But when we get to Genesis 2, I noticed in verse 4 that he's called the Lord God mm. made. And all the way through chapter 2, it's the Lord God. And I was looking at that and that additional name for God focusing upon the unique covenant relationship with humanity. And that's one aspect mm. that's really blown me with the study of wow. this lesson. And, and that really does present a very balanced picture of who God is, um, doesn't it, Clive? Mm, yes. He's, well, Lord, of course, to me, brings up a picture of sovereignty. You know, he, here is the, the creator of the universe who comes down and meets with his creation. Yeah, and then on the other side, you've got the, um, the closeness of God in that relational aspect there with, you know, the imminence and closeness of God. And so I think that, you know, what a, what a beautiful way at the very start of the Bible of highlighting and emphasizing uh, these two, you know, the transcendence and the imminence, the, the aboveness of God, if that's a word, and the closeness mm. of God. Um, very, very powerful ideas here. Um, now, this first Sabbath would have been quite an educational experience for Adam and Eve. Um, in what way uh, would, would, um, would this have been an educational experience for Adam and Eve? Well, it was the, the first full day that Adam and Eve had on earth, wasn't it? You know, the, they'd been busy on, the, on the first, their first day of existence, on the sixth day when they were made. And we certainly know Adam was busy that day, mm. you know, naming creatures and all that sort of thing. But here in their first full day, they've got time for fellowship with their maker, mm. um, time to learn from him, uh, to see around them the beauty of creation uh, and for, for God to be their teacher. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, as I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Adam and Eve, uh, there would have been a lot of new experiences, a big, steep learning curve as they um, relate to God and learn about all these creations that God has made, um, which uh, I'm curious because we're looking here at the idea of Sabbath and, and, and how it can be a blessing to us as well. Which of these educational learning experiences, Clive, that you've just mentioned here uh, that would have been real for Adam and Eve on their first Sabbath, 
Which of these sorts of educational experiences are relevant to us today? Gail, you want, you want to share? Uh, oh, I'll just share something there. Yes, well, what a, what a wonderful experience. I think of a new baby as they um, look into the eyes of their parents, that they've heard their voice in the womb and they, there they are looking into the face of their parent. And here is Adam and Eve, they're with God and they're learning from their creator. They're learning about him, they're learning about the world around them. And we today, we have that same opportunity, just in a slightly different way, because we can't look directly into mm. his face, but we can look directly into his word. And I was thinking that as Adam and Eve, as they, learnt, as they were learning of God, they were filled with love and reverence for God. And I love that verse in Psalm that says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Mm. And I think when you worship in God on the Sabbath, mm. there's a beauty about that because it is holy time mm. and we're in his holy presence. And then we can also worship, uh, we can go and go into nature and experience God's creative hand in nature. And uh, I, there's so many verses <laughs> that I'm reminded of there. You know, the psalmist says he wrote, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And it's really true. The more that you stop and meditate on those aspects, mm. God is amazing. In one sense, we've got an advantage too that we've got other believers that we fellowship mm. to, you yes. know, on a Sabbath day, isn't it? Yes. Um, Adam and Eve were just themselves and God. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, we, we have a whole host of people with whom we can fellowship. So these lessons that Adam and Eve were able to learn on their first Sabbath are not quarantined alone to them, but those blessings and those uh, lessons are available to, to you and I today mm. as we um, journey with and learn uh, from God as well. You know, one of the things as we look at Scripture and this topic of the Sabbath is that not only does God give the Sabbath as a, an opportunity for learning new things about God, but we also see that the Sabbath is given as a rediscovery of things that have already been taught. And I want to take us to another passage of Scripture here in Exodus chapter uh, 16, and we're going to read verses 14 through to 29. Uh, and we find here the situa a situation where Moses is taking God's people out of Israel, and um, they have, through a period of 400 years in captivity, uh, really lost what it means to mm. be the people of God. And uh, through the experience of the Exodus and the miracle of the manna, which we're about to read, God begins to use the Sabbath as something that is able to re-educate uh, concepts and things. So let's have a look here and let's read it through and then we'll see what we can draw uh, from this passage. In Exodus chapter 16, uh, verses 14, it says, uh, And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given to you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to one's need. One omer for each person, according to the number of persons, let every man take for those who are in his tent. Uh, then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, the one who gathered much had nothing left over and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave any till morning. 
notwithstanding they did not heed Moses, <laughs> this seems to be quite a repetitive pattern, mm-hmm. uh, but some of them left part of it until the morning and it bred worms and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. So it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, "Uh, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up to morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Uh, Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of lessons here. Um, We could spend a lot of time talking about this. But Clive, I just want to throw it to you and just ask, you know, what lessons are there for the Israelites here in this story? Hmm. Well, that's as I say, you could have a whole whole study on this passage alone, I think, Blair. Um, and there are a couple of miracles for a start, aren't there? Mm. One is the miracle that it didn't keep overnight mm. on five days of the week. But on the sixth day, that night, it did keep. Mm. So that was a second miracle. It kept over for the Sabbath. Um, what lessons are there for us to, to learn? Well, you know, God is still our provider. He was providing for them there in the wilderness. God's still our provider today. Mm. Um, he, he provides blessing for us, which he pours out day by day. We don't need to store up yesterday's blessings for mm. today because God has new blessings for us today mm. and he will have new blessings for us tomorrow. Wow. Mm. What, a, what a, um, an encouraging thought that God provides what we need physically and spiritually. Mm. Um, all of our needs God provides for them. Um, thank you. Uh, there's a particular message here also, uh, a lesson that the Israelites could learn around the Sabbath day. Um, Gail, what's the lesson here? The Lord is trying to bring them with him on this journey from Egypt to Canaan. And they don't really know him very well. So he's teaching them to trust him. He's trying to educate them to experience the, um, the joy of blessings mm. and of the Sabbath mm. and to, to grow in a knowledge and understanding of him. So here the Sabbath is very special. As uh, Clive has said, the, there was no manna that fell on the Sabbath. Mm. And that in itself was a miracle. Mm. Now, it didn't just happen once, but it happened for 40 years. Yes. There was no manna that fell on the Sabbath. And the interesting thing is, as you've read, kept over a night through every ordinary day, or as it says in verse four, a certain quota every day. Mm -hmm. So they were just the ordinary days of the week. So if they didn't follow the instructions, yes, they ran into problems and it bred worms and stank. Mm -hmm. But on the Sabbath, there was, it was, it smelt sweet. You know, um, it was a re-education process, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? You know, these people had lost a lot of uh, their traditions and customs while in captivity in in slavery in Egypt. And it, God had to re-educate them, remind them, this, this is the day of preparation for the Sabbath. This Mm -hmm. is the Sabbath day. Yes. 
In fact, we have uh, the, you know, the reference to the women uh, in the New Testament, not anointing the, finishing the anointing of the body of Jesus because mm. the Friday was the preparation day. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and you, you see that here as well, this idea of on Friday uh, being a day of preparation, a day of getting ready for mm. the Sabbath, the anticipation of the Sabbath. So yes. a very clear message there from God's Word uh, to yes. t teach us about uh, the Sabbath and how it is an educational experience. Um, I want to throw the question to you, Gail, and uh, look here. Um, God had an intention for the Sabbath day for the Israelites. We've talked a little bit about it. Um, what was God intending for the Israelites to experience in the Sabbath day? Well, when you think of that, I think I have a verse over there in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 13 and 14. And it reads, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honourable and shall honour him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So I think right there he's wanting to give them much delight, much joy and much pleasure mm. in, in, the experience, in experiencing Sabbath. Mm. It sounds to me as you read that text that God's intention for the Sabbath day is a day of delight, of blessing, of, uh, of, of abundant blessings. Um, and I, I just love that text. Uh, in what ways... Were, was specifically was was the Sabbath to be a delight uh, for the people? How how would the Sabbath be a delight? Well, if you look at the uh, the context of the chapter itself, um, it's it's all about uh, things like um, learning about the character of God, um, sharing in His characteristics, such as uh, compassion, uh, suffering, relieving suffering, uh, repairing breaches, issues of justice. Uh, and sharing, you know, these, these are the context. This is the context in the chapter. Mm. And, you know, it's, it certainly is more blessed to give than to receive. This is a biblical concept. So this idea of the Sabbath being a day of blessing others uh, and then by return being a delight to us. Uh, this is this is living out the character of God through mm. in the Sabbath. Yeah, very... When you see the naked, you cover him, etc. Uh, there's all sorts of things, you know, of justice, social justice that are brought out here. Now, despite God's intentions for the Sabbath to be a day of blessing uh, to, to the Israelites and to his people, uh, we know that the Sabbath at times was made a burden uh, and was perhaps anything but a, a delight and a blessing. I want to take us to a passage of scripture in Luke, Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17, and look at an example in scripture of this taking place. Uh, so let's read it here together. Uh, Luke chapter 13 verse 10, it says, uh, Now he, Jesus, was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, and was bent over and could no way raise herself. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and he had said and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men should work, uh, but the seventh, uh, therefore come and be healed on them and not the seventh day. Then the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite, 
Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And when he had said all these things, uh, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things uh, that were done from him. Gail, what was Jesus trying to teach about the Sabbath uh, in this interaction that he had? Jesus, he was trying to emphasize that the Sabbath should be a a blessing, not a burden. And uh, in the same way uh, that it was appropriate to show compassion to an animal that was thirsty, Mm. that needed water, even more important was this dear lady who had been afflicted with this um, disease or whatever, this Mm. infirmity for 18 years. And I love when God heals her here that in his kindness and compassion. But I love the words that she says. The Bible just says, um, and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight Mm. and glorified God. Amen. And that's what the Sabbath's all about, giving glory to God. You know, uh, it seems Jesus has a very clear picture of what the Sabbath is is and should be. Uh, But how did the Pharisees get this so wrong? Uh, with the way that they were, you know, questioning Jesus's act of mercy on the Sabbath. How did they get this so wrong? Well, they uh, they had been partic- very particular about the Sabbath and so much so that they had written laws to s- supplement, you know, what was written in the Bible. And so you had all sorts of details, you know, like uh, you weren't to, to, to expectorate or to spit on the grass because you might be irrigating on the Sabbath. Um, You could carry out of your house, if your house caught on fire, you could carry out of your house what you were wearing, Hmm. but not go back for anything else. And so you would have as many clothes on as possible to to escape the fire in your house. You know, these was, this is just some of the many laws that they've made up about the Sabbath. And it's easy for us to to actually focus on nitty gritty things, you Mm. know, to focus on detail. Oh, this is what my parents did, or this is what other people expect. Uh, to focus on the rules rather than the end of the the means. You know, the, the Sabbath mm. is a means for us to have a fellowship with God. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, and we we can get we can fall into the same trap as the Pharisees. In fact, yeah, it's easy. It's very easy to um, point the finger at the Pharisees without recognizing our own. Uh, missing the point of yeah, the Sabbath. At to times. take what you call a legalistic viewpoint. Mm. Now, Jesus addressed this idea also in Mark chapter 2. Um, Gail, I wonder if you could share with us um, from Mark chapter 2 what, what Jesus said. Oh, just reading that, those verses there in Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. Uh, and he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So uh, Jesus' attitude toward the Sabbath is that it was um, for the benefit of man in order that we can um, learn of God and learn experientially by living out God's character and valuing um, valuing his creation. And there's a couple of little one-liners that I really love. It says, Sabbath time is time to spend to spend with Jesus. Mm. And Sabbath is a taste of eternity. Mm. And what a privilege that we can experience that on planet Earth. Mm. It's the only day that heaven and earth meet together. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a very um, 
a beautiful passage of Scripture and we can see uh, what God intended for us in the Sabbath there. Now, uh, when we look at Jesus' life, we also see the way that on the Sabbath, He valued the communal aspect of Sabbath and He modeled uh, by attending synagogue weekly uh, and, and, and kind of uh, coming together on the Sabbath day corporately. Um, is this something, Clive, that continued after Jesus' death, uh, this value of the communal aspect of Sabbath? Well, I'd like to, uh, to have a look at a passage in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17. Uh, here in verses 1 to 5, it says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. So that's important, eh? Synagogue of the Jews. When did the Jews meet? They met on Sabbath. Then Paul, as his custom was, went in to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. So it was Paul's custom too to go on there on the Sabbath. And he explained and demonstrated that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. He's the the Christos, the, the Greek Um, equivalent of the Messiah, the Messiah in the Old Testament. And some of them were persuaded, I'm glad to say. Mm. Uh, And a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. So this meeting uh, on Sabbath in the synagogue evidently didn't just reach a Jewish audience, did it? Mm. There were Greeks and there were were, uh, leading women who came to join with them in their faith as Christians. Yeah, and I, you know, we can see here from this text the, the importance of, of um, reasoning together, of Scripture yeah. on the Sabbath day as an aspect of yeah. something that's important it on the Sabbath day. It was an educational experience for them. Preaching from God's yeah. Word, Bible study, these sorts of things are yeah. a po- important part of Sabbath. Um, now, I want to throw another question to you, Clive. Um, why might meeting together corporately on the Sabbath be um, you know, together as a body of believers? Why might this be an important part of Sabbath keeping? Well, it's important to help us to stir each other up to good works, mm. you know, to, to help each other along the, the pathway of life in our journey with the Lord. Uh, we can exhort each other, we can challenge each other, we can encourage each other. Um, you know, I've, sometimes one can feel down because of negative experiences during the week, but going to fellowship um, is, a, is an upbuilding experience. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, how much more important is this idea of coming together, encouraging one another as we see the soon coming of Jesus? Uh, what, a, mm. what an important uh, idea that there is there for it, us. It's interesting, by the way, later in that chapter, chapter 17, that Paul points the Athenians to the creator God. Yes. Yeah, the Sabbath the, maker. Yeah. Wow. That is that is powerful. Now, I want to touch on one more idea here before we finish. Um, What about the person that says, can't I be a spiritual person and not meet together? Just do, you know, Sabbath on my own, but not have a communal aspect of it. What do we say to this? Well, probably wise King Solomon says it best in Proverbs chapter 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And gratitude and expressions of faith is best expressed together. Well, that's about all we have time for. We want to thank you for your contributions to our discussion. The Sabbath provides a weekly opportunity to learn of God's character and live it in our lives. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath and he longs for you to receive every blessing that he intends for you in the Sabbath day. How can you experience the blessings of the Sabbath more fully in your life? 
We're glad that you joined with us today on Let God Speak. If you'd like to watch this program again or any past program, go to our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can download teacher's notes there also. You can email us at lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Please join us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.